Welcome to the Inner Sales Podcast, where you will learn how to connect with your own intuition and create a more successful and enlightened sales career. Listen as John and Russ discuss what it takes to drive revenue from the inside out. And now, here's your host, John Stannis. Hello, everyone listening to the My Voice. My name is Jonathan Stannis, and this is uh, Inner Sales from 3YG. As usual, I am joined by Russ Salzer. Hey, Russ, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, John? I'm okay. Can't complain about anything right now. Doesn't mean I won't try to. That's good. <laughs> LIFO. Today we're going to talk about LIFO selling styles. Um, I've done a little bit of exploration of LIFO, but really the expert on this is Russ. Uh, according to their um, information, their LIFO's orientation is a unique approach to identifying people's strengths and selling types, styles. So it's, I think, tailored towards selling in general. I'm figuring out how people sell, sell best and in what situations they have Good results versus bad results. Uh, LIFO doesn't uh, try to typecast or label people, but it tries to um, provide strategies for individuals and teams when they're trying to reach their goals and give them feedback on their particular personalities and how it would fit together. So, Russ, why don't you tell us a bit more about LIFO and what you think of it and what it is and how you used it? Sure. So, LIFO, not to be confused with the accounting term. Oh, I never. I've never. Than first, though. That's new to me. I've never heard of LIFO as a... Well, you're not an accountant. I guess not. Yeah. So LIFO is short for life orientations. Mm -hmm. And um, the work has been around for over 50 years now. It was developed by uh, Dr. Stuart Atkins back in the 60s, I think it was first launched in 1967 and takes into account, uh, you know, it's really kind of grounded in a synthesis of, uh, you know, self-actualization theory and client, you know, centered, you know, therapy and psychoanalysis. So he took a, he, at the time, Dr. Ketcher was doing a lot of training for national uh, training laboratories out of DC and doing a lot of traveling and, and throughout his work. Well, number one, it was kind of funny because in reading his book, he didn't want to travel. And so that was sort of the primary motivation for trying to figure out how to help people and minimize the travel and, kind of out of that came mm-hmm. uh, it's called life orientations uh, survey. So there's about 22 different surveys. It's not just selling styles, but we're certainly going to focus on the selling component of it. But, you know, it's a survey based tool. I'm sure a lot of the listeners have used different tools in the mm-hmm. past, you know, maybe MBTI, maybe one of the most common ones. Yeah, I've taken a few. I know that. Yeah. Do you remember them? Oh, good Lord. One was the colors one. <laughs> I remember the colors. Like what color is your parachute or something? It was about your communication style so and personality. I know I was, quote, green, as they said it, which means that I'm very facts. I need to have all the facts, which is very standard for somebody like me who's been an engineer, that kind of very information-driven. I think the other colors were like yellow, which was very, like, just organization in general. Like, they want to have anything very structured. Green wanted all the information, so they're the kind of person that will always get back to you when they know more. Um, there's orange, which is kind of the risk takers. I would think salespeople, at least what people think of as more successful salespeople, would be more on the orange kind of line. Like, let's go and just get 
moving on this. And then there was the blue, which was more like emotion-based, like trying to make sure everybody's happy, everybody's thoughtful. Um, I should say they're trying to be thoughtful and making sure everybody's accounted for. Yeah, we did that at my company. And actually, most people actually was interesting. Most of them, vast majority were blue. I was like one of three or four green people. And then we had like two oranges. So it was interesting. It sounded like it focused more on what's your personality, mm-hmm. kind of personality types, which is similar to what Myers-Briggs MBTI looks at is, hey, are you extroversion, introversion, sensing, intuitive, you know, and you kind of fall in one of 16 different um, personality types. One of the things that really interests me about LIFO is instead of personality, it's really looking at behavior and how we show up, which is how other people experience us is really about behavior. And um, so it's a, it's a different approach, complementary in a lot of ways, but also a different approach to looking at it at how we show up with others, how we show up under stress, you know, certain mm-hmm. situations, how we show up with clients, how we show up with coworkers, because that's what people experience as our behavior. And what is this all based in? Like, what's their thought behind why they came together? Uh, why they came up with these different uh, personality or behavior types? Yeah, it was really interesting. I think the the motivation for doing it with Dr. Catcher is that, as I mentioned, he was traveling the country doing a lot of leadership training and work for national training labs. And he thoroughly believed, as do I, that having a culture which is more open, you know, where there's less withholding, um, more disclosure, more self-awareness is important to performance. Mm-hmm. It's important to job satisfaction, culture bottom line performance, all this kind of stuff. But he also realized there's a lot of fear associated with that. You know, when you think about being more open at work, which we've talked about in the past, that can feel like there's a lot more at stake than maybe being open with my kids. Right. It was really that that drove him to come up with, how can I look at this? How could I create a tool by which people could become more self-aware and better understand how they show up and out of that, have a more, you know, figure out how to have a more productive, productive relationship without it feeling as risky. And so that was, it's interesting motivation when it kind of was grounded in taking, you know, taking into consideration the fears and concerns and the risk associated with just being more open at work. You know, we talked about in a prior episode we did around pretending, mm-hmm. which is in the same vein is, you know, all the pretending or non-disclosure that goes up at work. So that's really was a lot of the driver that created this. What made you drawn to it? What brought you to this system as opposed to other systems? Or have you been exposed to other systems and just found this one more useful or more interesting or more actually um, revealing about people? So I had become aware of LIFO, I don't know, 2001, 2002. And, you know, didn't do a whole lot with it. And then, you know, four years ago when I decided to um, really put a business together that's focused on sales, uh, sales reps, sales teams, sales managers, and how to become more effective at selling, there's about 22 different LIFO surveys. So there's surveys that can help people with regard to one-on-one coaching or Mm -hmm. partner relationships or leadership. They have one of the surveys is selling styles. And the 
there's some unique things about the survey. Number one is, is 18 questions. So the mechanics, it's 18 questions in which I prioritize four different things. So it ends up being what, 72 different things that we are taking a look at, um, but it's context-based. So I complete the survey in the context, the appropriate context. So the selling style survey looks at uh, things in the context of working with prospects or customers. So that's when I became fascinated by the, you know, how to find a really effective tool that could help a salesperson increase one's self-awareness, become more effective, not only in how, in their own understanding, but there's a way in which you can use the tool to gain some insight into the customers you're working with. So it's been a couple of years ago, um, went back and had a great week at the University of Pennsylvania and got certified. So that was the real driver for me is I thought it was just an amazing, effective tool that could help salespeople become more effective. So it helps not only with yourself, but then understanding other people. So by understanding this tool, you know more about yourself, but then understand other, when you're trying to talk to somebody in a sales environment, more about them as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, the better I understand myself, the better I can understand others and help them. Mm -hmm. You complete the survey and it really looks, it kind of puts us into four um, categories, if you will, where we have styles. You know, we all have four kind of common styles, which is around giving, dealing, holding, or taking. You know, when the survey is done, it looks at how we show up in terms of supporting and giving, adapting, dealing, conserving, holding. Uh, controlling taking, which I'll explain a little bit more about, but it also looks at those uh, those four preferences, behavioral preferences we have, which we all possess possess all four. Okay, and how we show up under two conditions, both favorable and unfavorable. So favorable being when things are going well, or unfavorable when there's some stress or conflict. And it's interesting in, in the work I do. I'll often ask teams um, what percent of selling is under unfavorable conditions. And, you know, you sell, I, I don't ever think I got zero. It usually ranges between 20 and 80%. Are unfavorable? Yeah. A lot of, you know, a lot of sales folks feel that a lot of the time they're dealing with um, circumstances that are not necessarily favorable. There's some conflict, there's some stress, mm-hmm. you know, that comes with it. In which case, when I'm under that, I, I will tend to utilize different uh, behaviors. And show up differently. So it's important that that distinction's in there too. How do I show up when times are good and when times are not so good? Can you get more into some of those different um, attributes? So those four different areas, can we dig, dig into those and describe better what those exactly mean when you're talking about sure. giving, dealing, holding, taking, yeah. what were all the different uh, ones? Yeah. And, and John, you, you took the survey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a while, but you took it. And it's interesting when you were describing at the front end, when you're talking about your color survey, you can see those patterns behaviorally show up in your results. Supporting giving um, is really about excellence, which is what you were, is one of your more preferred um, styles. It's really about excellence. It's about doing what is right, being helpful, you know, being trusting, cooperative, really seeking excellence, um, so that's what supporting given is about is really about excellence. And then there's conserving holding, which is really about reason, you know, being reasonable, making sure, have all the facts, be very methodical, be detailed oriented, you know, analytical, factual. So that's 
part of you. You described mm-hmm. yourself in the color survey where, let me look at your results here. You know, those two for you were most preferred, both favorable and unfavorable. So that's, you know, that's what your uh, preferences are. Then there's adapting the healing, which is about harmony. You know, it's knowing people, wanting everybody to get along. You may see this in HR people. Mm-hmm. HR people tend to be a little bit more uh, adapting dealing, you know, where it's about harmony, mm-hmm. you know, making sure people get along, empathy. Yeah, I'd correlate that again with the blue color. So, yeah, that makes sense. Some people are very concerned about other people in general. Yep. yep, yep. And you'll see that a lot with salespeople. You'll see it a lot with sales managers. Again, we all possess all four of these. Right. Um, preferences is just a matter of where they rate. So when you take the survey, just in terms of the mechanics, it'll arrive at a score anywhere from nine to 36, nine being low, 36 being high. And so the higher numbers within a range of three of each other are what's called most preferred. That's where you tend to go to most often. And so the last one is around controlling taking, which is really about action. It's getting results, you know, more directing, kind of quick to act, confident, um, you know, can be competitive, forceful. Um, so it's really, again, understanding the survey really very quickly shows what my preferences are in each of these four categories. And then also how I show both favorable and unfavorable. Mm-hmm. We talked about mine. What about yours? Um, are, are yours the ones that you talked about earlier that mine don't tend to change based upon the environment, but maybe yours do. Right. You'll see different trends from a sales perspective, and this is certainly mine, where under favorable conditions, I, I am higher CT controlling taking where I'm interested in action, you know, kind of the who's doing what by when. But when it gets unfavorable, I tend to go a little bit higher, you know, SG or AD. So you'll see specific trends where I'm more interested in harmony, you know, and excellence and doing a good job. So you'll see different shifts between you know, when circumstances are favorable or they're unfavorable. People who tend to, there's, there's, there's an incredible amount of data that comes from the survey. We're not going to talk about all of that today, obviously, but also within that is where it looks at our intention, our behavior, and our impact. You know, how did we intend to show up? You know, what was our behavior? What was the impact? So there's just an immense amount of data that can, insight that can be gained from, um, especially from not just selling, but, you know, in dealing with leadership Mm -hmm. internally. Um, And then, you know, so what do you do with all that? What do you do with it? And it's really about looking at six six different strategies, you know, confirming how do I continue to understand and appreciate, you know, my unique strengths? What can I continue to do or capitalizing? How do I find situations where I can utilize some of those strengths? You know, some of the strengths you possess, Mm-hmm. Um, John, you know, or moderating, how do I avoid overusing or going into excess, you know, supplement, how do I add, you know, strengths from other things that might be least preferred for me, you know, CT, I think controlling taking was one of your least preferred, right? You know, so how could you under certain circumstances start to utilize strengths that you already possess and utilize them more, you know, supplementing, extending, kind of challenging myself to do more of what I, is not going to be my initial tendency mm-hmm. or, or bridging. How do I improve circumstances? This is the really fun one for me is how do I meet people where they are? Okay. You know, how do I bridge with other people who come at me from different perspectives? An example, 
if John, if you were selling and you're very high supporting, giving, conserving, holding, you know, you want to do a good job. It's about excellence. It's about reason. And you are calling on somebody who may be high controlling taking. Hey, you get enough data. I got it. I understand it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They may be willing to move at a faster rate than you are. Right. So it's really about trying to understand and bridge that. It's not about showing up and being phony or trying to fake it. It's literally how can you utilize strengths that you already possess, you know, within one of those styles to become more effective. That's where the awareness piece comes in. And that's how it can really be implemented. That's the real value is how do you take this data and the things we already possess and try to become better at working with customers, clients, really, from a selling style perspective. That's interesting. So I give you, I can give you a couple more examples. Yeah. One of the things we do in the training in that the survey really helps identify is this, you know, the, the preferences we have around these behavioral styles, you know, so somebody who is supporting giving, for example, if they're selling, you know, what's really important to them is they feel they're really selling a product of good quality. Okay. You know, they want to be an achiever. They want to do something to benefit people. You know, they're willing to trust customer statements at face value. Those are an important strength for somebody who is tends to be higher SG or supporting giving. But if they get into kind of excess or overdoing it, you know, they may be reluctant to sell low end or what they perceive as low end or slower stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to get too involved with customers. You know, they may not be able to say no. If I'm willing to trust customer statements at face value, but if I go into excess, I could be easily manipulated, which could lead to disappointment in the customers. It's important, again, to identify, you know, one of strengths when I flip into excess and it becomes kind of more of a defensive mechanism or just not effective in general. You know, if I'm high uh, controlling taking, which I can be under favorable conditions, you know, I like to be control the relationship and steer the course as how that's going to go. But if I flip into excess, all of a sudden I tend to dominate or I cut people off. Mm -hmm. So it's important to understand that, you know, a strength would be, Hey, I'm quick to act, got a sense of urgency. Let's go. Let's get this done. It's really going to help you. And if I, go into excess, I can just overwhelm people right? or it just becomes too much. So, you know, these are just some of the slight distinctions, you know, where a strength, maybe I'm competitive all of a sudden, if I'm, you know, feeling defensive about it or under stress or unfavorable conditions, all of a sudden I'm contentious. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between being confident as a strength and arrogant. I can see some real conflict, particularly between our quote styles, because you're talking about if you're in a good situation, you're going to be very controlling taking and I'm going to be like, hang on, hang on, let's hold on the brakes here. Let's not get so crazy while you're kind of driving it forward. And so then we're going to have a conflict and then then I'm going to probably shut down a bit and though you'll just somehow, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly right. It's about bridging. It's about understanding where you may have mismatched styles. It's not that you're doing anything mm-hmm. wrong or different, but it's really understanding how I show up under various conditions and then how I can better bridge, you know, conserving holding, you know, or somebody like you, you want a lot of data, you want a lot of facts. So it could be heavy on sales data, product information. I need to understand everything before I go in. Mm -hmm. If you go into excess there, that could 
that could take the forefront and you're really missing, you know, or fail to appreciate what the customer is even interested in. Yeah. You know, where I'm more interested in facts and data as opposed to I may miss the completely miss the mark. Mm -hmm. I got to thoroughly understand your needs before I move, you know, and can identify the product or service that might help you access would be, I just take too much time Mm -hmm. and the customer just loses interest. And uh, I thought of one example where I had that actually happen to me where I was so, I was so focused on that. Again, we possess all four of these that I, I just kept trying to sell and sell and sell to the point where the client said, Russ, stop, we're going to do this. You understand we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, got it. Shut up. But that's an example, mm-hmm. you know, where I just was complete into access. <clears throat> I can completely understand. Um see that where I'm, I can see that in just day-to-day things with me with conserving holding where I'm slow to act on things because I'm constantly trying to look for data to back up whatever I'm trying to do. And this extends past sales. I mean, I will, and everybody asks me a question. I'm like, well, do I respond right away? Or what I tend to do is, all right, I don't respond right away. I'll go and triple check to make sure that the information I'm giving them is correct. So people sometimes think I take a while to get back to them. Well, it's because I'm double tricking checking to make sure the information I have is correct. It makes me, takes me forever to do something sometimes because I need to know every, you know, piece of information that's going to affect it. Uh, planning projects for me can take a while because of that, where I'm not just about to jump into everything. I want to know exactly how it's all going to go. And I think when it comes to, so I'm trying to sell to me, you want to really tick all those boxes. I think the people that have sold to me best are the people that can answer every single one of my questions. It's a wonderful example. It's perfect. That's exactly what we're talking about here. In in the first part of the conversation where you're saying, hey, I'm assigned a project and I got to make sure I understand it completely. So all you're talking about is stylistic differences. Whereas the person on the other end might think you're just slow or you're procrastinating or you know, who knows, you're goofing off, you're not focused, you're not. So we tend to make up a lot of judgments about that when mm-hmm. it's really just purely a difference in style. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make sure you come at it from a different perspective. But if you have a boss who is about action, let's get this done. When are you going to get this to me, John? Am I going to get it by five o'clock today? You know, again, it's identifying these differences. And you, you know, so throughout the training, even though we are talking about sales, with the use of selling styles, again, it can be used for leadership or coaching or your partner or your relationship. It's, there's a, a total, you know, carryover into how you show up, you know, with your wife or your mate or your mm-hmm. kids. Okay. Yeah. Again, contextual. And it's just, I think it, it, it starts to just, again, it's just creating a better understanding of my preferences, somebody else's preferences, and how do we best bridge those? Mm-hmm. instead of having them become polarized. Adapting dealing. Uh, you know, if you're a salesperson who is really high on adapting dealing, which is about harmony, you know, getting along, knowing people. I actually come across a fair number of sales managers and certainly sales reps who are into this. They want to make sure everyone gets along. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really about personal charm to win over a customer. It's a key strength. You know, but if it goes into excess, over-entertaining. Yeah, You know, really distracting. I can think of reps in the past where it's all about socializing. You know, it's doing every sporting event, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, strength would be you're sensitive to and aware of their feelings. 
in what will please a customer, you know, but if you go overboard into excess, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you're trying too much to accommodate their wishes. You know, you just go overboard over the top where it's again, no longer productive. Mm -hmm. And the point where like, so you've been giving so much that at this point now it's giving too much to the customer to the point where now you're hurting your own company. Yes. Yeah. I feel like you're, and that, that would be the problem with excess on that, in that spectrum. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, again, we all possess these, there's strengths associated with all these. This is about, not about weaknesses. It's about, we all possess these mm-hmm. and how can I become more aware of it and utilize some of those strengths, which I already possess, but I don't tend to focus on as much. They may be least preferred, you know, to really help um, me become more effective. Mm-hmm. So one of the really, um, amazing things of the work and the training around this is, again, not only do I become more self-aware of it, but you can start to pick up and throughout the training, people will start to notice certain customer behaviors. For instance, when I went through the training a couple of years ago, I was realizing that I was having a heck of a time with a client in uh, California. And what I realized through, cause I'm coming at it from more of a controlling taking perspective, you know, okay, I did this. What do you, come on, let's do this. Makes perfect sense. Let's go. And they were just, it was taking a long time. And what I realized is for them, it was more about, you know, really covering their bases, want a lot of data, maybe coming at it from more of a supporting, giving, conserving, holding perspective. So what I did is I just started to back off a little bit. Is there any other information I can give you? You know, would testimonials help? Would references help? Mm -hmm. Which are things that I can do. So I started to offer up and feed them the data. Not unlike it would be working with you that you mentioned in your example before, John, what else can I give you? You know, do you want to talk to some prior accounts? Do you want to see some testimonials and how do I give you enough data Mm -hmm. to the point where you're okay with it? You can really start to understand, you know, just based off what a customer asks, you know, if you're in front of a customer who's like, what's the bottom line here? pretty much tell they're coming at it from a controlling taking perspective. Mm-hmm. If there's questions about how do we get out of this if we don't like it? How do we back out? What have others said about it? You know, where they're maybe coming at it from more of a adapting dealing perspective. If you're getting questions around, you know, results, how have they gone from X to Y as a matter of working with you? Mm-hmm. Probably coming at it from more of a conserving holding perspective. So, very quickly, you can start to pick up based on what a customer asks, what some of their beliefs might be, and what their behavioral preferences might be, and then you can figure out how to best match them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Completely. And I think I can just see how these apply to just a whole swath of things in general. Heck, I think about, we talk about salespeople, I'm just thinking about, since I build websites as well, and a sales page or a product page, how do you position the page and the copy and the content to address all four of these different areas. Where is the action taking person? How do you get them to buy? Well, I'm the conserving call the person, give them, making sure they have all the information, the adaptive thing, making sure that other people have also references and quotes and other companies that have used this information. So that's something you can do there. And then the supporting giving, making sure people understand that this product is a good product, a quality product, and that's going to get the job done. I can just see how this can apply in a whole, whole, range of areas. What I'm curious about is how does this work then with that sales team with different sales personalities? 
Um, how can this be useful in that situation where you've got some people that are more controlling taking on your sales team versus some people that are more adaptive dealing? Yeah, I think it's really about awareness. First of all, the comment about what you were talking about from a marketing perspective. Yeah. In knowing now, it's really a fascinating thing to contemplate, which is an offshoot of training the work around LIFO, is how do I create communication structures and styles or messaging? If I'm a sales rep and I'm communicating with a prospect, I have some sense as to where they might uh, be coming from. I can cater the message and the communication to better match that. So it is really interesting mm-hmm. to start to consider how do you create messaging, inbound campaigns, or you're reaching out, your follow-ups, you know, met with prospects mm-hmm. to better match their style. And so question about how does it work with a team, it's really about gaining one's self-awareness. And what I've noticed, there's a wonderful tool that comes from working with teams from a LIFO perspective is there's a brilliant master trainer, a guy named David Gloggs, who does, he'll create a weighted team profile. So he takes all the results and does this weighted team profile and you'll create a picture of your team. You know, what are their strengths? What are their excesses? What are their most preferred collectively as a team? And what I've seen amongst teams since I've been doing this is like hires like. Yeah. Culture fit as they call it. Yep, that like will hire like. So if you create a team that's high SG, which is supporting giving and adapting dealing, that's really about people focus. And generally speaking, the whole team will fit that. So from an awareness perspective, mm-hmm. it can really start to look at, hey, we've con- we put together a team here that is really homogeneous. And so how do we collectively start mm-hmm. to move? It may, it could. It's not meant to be a hiring tool, but it could have you start to become more aware of those collective that I start to hire oh. people who come at it from different perspective. If you hire somebody high as a manager, CT, my opinion. Yeah. Controlling taking manager as a sales manager, for instance, who's got a team, inherits a team who are high SGAD, somebody's going to run somebody off because the manager is going to be interested in action. What are we doing? You know, let's go, let's go, quick to act. And you're dealing with people who are more interested in harmony and excellence. So you'll start to even on the team see mismatched, not mismatched. Well, yeah, mismatched styles. And again, how do you then supplement? If I have a team that is Mm -hmm. the least preferred as controlling taking, that may not serve me well. I need some people to take action. Mm -hmm. How does the team become aware of it? And how do they make sure they take steps to take appropriate action? It'd be my opinion that the best kind of a team would be a combination of having a whole bunch of varieties to that you could have awareness of all of this, where if you have just a team that's very of one style, they're going to be just talking to themselves and kind of be in their own little bubble and not see the outside, the other perspectives as much. And that could be a, a real hampering for your, your sales team. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. Mm-hmm. But again, I think everyone has these styles. So how do I become aware of it and how do I extend more? If customer acquisition, which we've talked about in many, many episodes, prospecting customer acquisition is an important component of you driving, right. you know, revenue and the success of your business. That's action. There's a strong component of action in there. There's components of all of it. Harmony, 
you know, excellence, making sure you know what you're mm-hmm. talking about, reason. But at the end of the day, you have to take steps. You have to take action. So again, it's just understanding those. And then how do I, you know, do more of what I may not have a tendency to do very often? Yeah, I can very much see how like certain, yeah, how different ones of these would be preferred for different roles in a company. Like you talked about HR, sales, support, leadership. Each of those is going to have a different one of these that in general is going to be the one you want to have on top for that role. And it's not, it's in general. I wouldn't say it's, you know, in stone that it has to be like this. And I think people can be adaptive to be in these, like if they know this about themselves, I know I'm not very controlling taking. That's not my style. But if I know that about myself and I find myself in a role that needs more of that, I can make sure that I am being more of that in that role. Exactly. That's exactly Yep. It really starts to help you identify the person style that you're talking. You know, if I'm a sales rep and I'm meeting with a prospect or a customer, very assertive, confident, fast paced, they're probably more controlling taking. They tend to be more collaborative, courteous. You're going to be more supporting giving and then better understand how they want to be seen. Mm-hmm. What approach makes him or her most comfortable? You know, what makes them uncomfortable? Back to your example, if I'm trying to sell to you and I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. I've given you enough information. That's the vibe you pick up. That's going to make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. At the end of it, what does the person want to know? People who are SG, you know, is it right? Is it fair? How are we all going to benefit? If you're with somebody who's more controlling taking, it's what's the bottom line. If you're talking to somebody who's conserving holding, it's could we do a pilot? Mm -hmm. That comes up. Can we try it? When I hear that, that's generally somebody who's coming at it from a conserving whole perspective. They want to understand what the liabilities are. What's the risk here? Adapting dealing. Do others like it? Can I talk to other people? You have other satisfied clients. And so, again, very quickly, you can start to pick up insight into others and how best bridge with them. Um, that's going to be most effective from a selling perspective. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to learn about this for themselves and for their team, what does a typical LIFO training process look like? Uh, I love it because of the simplicity of it. Effective and simple. So it's a matter of the surveys online. Mm -hmm. Somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes to complete the survey. It's context-based, so the survey is done online. Uh, The training, depending on the size of the team, is anywhere from a half to a full day of training. The bigger the team, the more time it takes. We can make a lot of progress in a half-hour training with a reasonable, not a huge team. It's it's not you know it's not a five-day intensive from a selling perspective, but it tends mm-hmm. to either be a half-day or full-day workshop. All right, uh, I think that's about a good place to wrap up this information. If anybody does want to know more about this, where's good places for people to find more information about LIFO in general? You know, say reach out to me. So Russ at 3YG.us, we can talk about it. I don't have a ton of information on my site yet. I got to update that. That's my to-do list. Okay. Um, yep. Our to-do list. So um, yeah, just reach out. Be happy to talk to you about it. It's a, a highly effective uh, tool when it comes to helping sales reps and sales teams become more effective cool it does i can just just talking about it i can see how it's infinitely useful all right so anybody else wanting to reach out to inner sales um you can find us um at the email as well at inner sales at 3yg.us 
Uh, we're on Twitter at, at inner underscore sales. You can also find us on Instagram. And then Russ is also on Instagram. Just search around. You can find us. Not a problem. Uh, show notes for this are at 3RG.US slash inner sales and just find the episode in that listing. Um, if you like this, it'd be great for you to leave us a review on uh, iTunes. Do use your controlling taking bit of your personality and take some action and take action. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yes. Take some action. Um, then also, if you want to make sure that you get all of the episodes, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast application. Uh, the theme music for this show is Schmatzi Kilokatsi by Kilokatsi. And thank you all so much for listening. I'm going to be my adaptive feeling here. And I care about you. We care about you. So thank you so much for uh, joining us. We will see you next time. See you later, Russ. All right. Thanks, Sean.